This is an RNZ podcast. Welcome back. This is Today FM with Lloyd Burr Live and a bit of shaggy there for your Monday afternoon. It's 21 after 5 o'clock. We've got news headlines and a tick with Bridge. But first, there have been numerous hot takes about the latest News Hub Read Research political poll. It was Today FM's Lloyd Burr last Monday reflecting on the political poll that was released the night before, exclusively on News Hub at 6. And he was right about all those takes on that poll many of them from almost every one of his fellow hosts on that network. Tova is not convinced that Ardern's doing as well as she thinks she is. I agree with that as well. Ghana, he says Labour needs to stop the rot. And I agree with that as well. But once rot sets in, it's really hard to, to stop it or cut it out. Uh, Smalley, she says Labour's going to roll out a big hit policy to bring swing voters screaming back to them. Those political opinion polls are an absolute godsend to radio hosts who need talkback talking points for their own daily editorial reckons. On Today FM, former News Hub political reporter Lloyd Burr followed the lead of his colleagues and tossed his two cents worth of poll takes into the overloaded mix as well. Well, I feel completely uninspired by all of the options. I don't believe in Jacinda Ardern anymore. I don't believe in all of her promises. But I don't believe Christopher Luxon can fix the country either. And that is a bleak vision of politics as just a matter of one party's prospective Prime Minister against another. And Lloyd Burr went on to air more of his unhappiness like this. I'm just pretty damn uninspired. We're bereft of inspiration with the options that are in front of us. But the two contenders to be our Prime Minister in a year's time, they're just boring. They're bereft of that magical ingredient that we all need right now, which is hope and a light at the end of the tunnel. But what's possibly just as boring for his listeners is political reporters and pundits' intense and reductive fixation on party leaders and the next election, no matter how far through the electoral cycle we actually are. And that was certainly on the mind of his Today FM colleague Rachel Smalley the same day. It does suggest something big is coming from Labour. They'll be pulling everything out of the bag in 2023 and a big hit policy to bring those swing voters screaming back to Labour from the centre-right is clearly on the cards. What is it? Now here we've picked on just one network on one day after a notable political opinion poll, but on other outlets there's been no shortage of that sort of narrow focus on politics as well. And it turns out that's one reason why another media company, where you'll also find plenty of this kind of political commentary, has launched a bold bid to lift that horizon a little. The new New Zealand Rebuilding Better is a major new series from the New Zealand Herald and NZME, which seeks to answer these questions and help lay the pathway for a fairer and more prosperous Aotearoa. Launching this project, the New Zealand Herald picked out short-term political thinking as an issue in its editorial this week. New Zealand governments have for decades grappled with the need to get tangible results before the electoral cycle ends. In local government, we have legislation committing territorial authorities to 10-year-long term plans. Could such a measure be palatable in central government, or do we need longer electoral cycles? Interesting question, and the Herald's new New Zealand project also aims to identify long-term national strategies and influence what governments will actually do in the near and far future. Coverage will continue into 2023 leading into one of New Zealand's most pivotal elections. We also want to hear from you. We want to create a space for constructive debate and go beyond traditional political divides to find some common ground. So join us as we play our role 
in creating a new New Zealand by rebuilding better. Now, one of the brains behind this ambitious effort is the Herald's business editor at large, Liam Dan. Under the headline, If We Want to Rebuild Better, We Need to Change Our Mindset, he said in the Herald this week that New Zealanders are blessed with a broad social consensus around the role of the state in things like health, education, industry and finance. However, one of the ever-present roadblocks to progress is the binary divide in our political, economic and, ultimately, philosophical ideas about human behaviour and social organisation. Politicians afraid of upsetting or alienating voters at the margins or trying to set dead centre policies to minimise the risk of that won't move this country forward, said Liam Dan. But debating things issue by issue might remove what he called the entrenched tribal dynamic, which leads to big policy failures on both sides of the political spectrum. And Liam Dan went on to say this in The Herald. I've always been highly sceptical of anyone whose politics makes them certain that one way is right and another way is wrong. And frankly, I think it is these people who are holding this country back. I'm sick of it, and I suspect a lot of New Zealanders are too. Now, awkwardly, the platforms of his own employer, NZME, routinely air definitive, strident condemnations of political decisions every day from their own journalists, columnists and radio hosts, which play into the very instincts that Liam Dan was condemning there. For instance, one piece in the new New Zealand series published this week was one in which the boss of the New Zealand initiative think tank, Oliver Hartwich, said our education system was a disaster in need of complete reform and the bureaucrats overseeing it must go. And if a war had wiped out our entire education system, the task could not be more daunting. And what did Oliver Hartwich say would actually help? Well, at the end of a long list of perceived problems in education, he said the answer was better training and a better career structure for teachers, a better curriculum, a better assessment system and better monitoring, all at once. But he had no hints at all about how this could be done or by whom. Now, his call for a national education emergency to be declared was then turned into news by News Talk ZB. Educational outcomes have been sliding downwards for decades. In the latest global assessments, New Zealand was only marginally above OECD averages for science and reading and below them in maths. Hartwich says reform needs to start at the ministry. And in an interview the same day on NZME's News Talk ZB Drive show, Hartwich shared his grievances with the host Heather Duplessy-Ellen in full agreement that they needed to get back to basics. But as far as constructive criticism goes... This was pretty basic. Oliver, NCEA is a load of nonsense, isn't it? Do you agree with me? Yes, um, because I think NCEA makes it way too easy to pass without expecting yeah. any decent knowledge. And that was followed up on the drive show by non-expert pundits invited in to share their definitive views on how bad the education system is. Not much of a blueprint for building back better, just some basic bashing of a sector said to be underperforming. So is that mindset shift that the Herald's Liam Dan was talking about also one the media needs to achieve. This week I asked Liam Dan about that, along with the other driving force of the Herald's Rebuilding Better project, senior newsroom editor David Rowe. Well, it's something we've actually been talking about all year. Coming out of last year and the disruption uh, that was occurred as a result of COVID, and also the protests that were starting to um, really grip the nation at that point, we, we wanted to actually take a step back and look at you know what, what are the broader issues... Is this an opportunity for us to actually have a serious think about a lot of, you know, long-standing systemic issues within New Zealand society and government as we rebuild from COVID, how we can do it in a way that's not just recreating what we've had in the past? 
there was really um, a lot of ability to think. Uh, it was very much a kind of we're coping with the situation at hand. Um, but now that we're kind of coming out of winter and, and, and into summer and there's that, that kind of little sense of optimism and also looking ahead to the election year next year, it just seemed, yeah, like the right time to do it. The promo mentioned that it's going to run right through to make specific mention of the election, which is a year away. Mm-hmm. Is part of the goal here to actually fold it into election year coverage, actually get issues on the table to be discussed you know, for the election, actually have them on the political agenda that way? Um, yeah, well, I mean, for me, that's that's always kind of the goal. When the Herald does these these big series, they've, they've recently done one on, um, on, on the housing market as well, and, you know, th- those sort of themes come up, and I'm asked to sort of be part of it, I, I usually leap at the chance, well, I always leap at the chance, because it's it's um, potentially a, a wider audience who maybe isn't engaging always with some of the economic stuff I do, so uh, I'm always on board with that, especially in an election year. But but you have signalled this is going to get into health, education, and um, specifically uh, social division was mentioned as a topic that I guess is upcoming. I mean, David, how, how are you going to approach these wide-ranging issues? The idea is that we'll have, you have a series of themes, and we will camp out, if you if you will, on each of the themes for, for a while. Like, for, for example, with the economy, there's about three weeks of content planned. Um, it, it may go a little bit longer, but, but we'd be looking at getting into the next theme in December and then resume in the new year and, you know, with about a month on each theme and looking at sort of six to seven themes. But we, we want to be a little bit flexible depending on what happens and what our audience is telling us. And we ran a poll in our uh, stories to say, you know, what, what theme do you want us to look at next? And social division was, was you know, one that came up Trump. So, so we're working at that at the moment. The structure of it is, is well planned, but we want to be flexible within that. The Herald editorial that launched this, it, it referenced problems of short-term thinking and, you know, the fact we have short electoral cycles uh, that you know, can be a bit of an impediment to the longer term. And and those are issues that are talked about from time to time. But Liam, do you believe, because you wrote about this too in your own piece about how we need a change of mindset nationally, do you believe that problem, that short-term stuff in the election cycles is more acute now than it ever was? Well, yeah. Uh, We have the the effect of, you know, social media and all that stuff, which is um, exacerbating things like the culture wars and stuff like that, which um, I don't love and aren't aren't great for the, the discourse, I don't think. Um, and then I think that COVID has overlaid um, tension and anxiety through all layers of society, and, and, and that's we're seeing more conflict and, you know, all the way from you know the, the top tier of society and um, through to what we might be seeing of violence and crime and stuff. I, I, I really do think um, that, that COVID has had an impact in that sense. Well, in your piece, Liam, about the change of mindset, you wrote about adversarial politics holding us back as a country, and one of the aims of the series that you're doing is to depoliticise the issues. But how are you going to do that? Because, as, as you pointed out, we, we, you know, we had a political poll on television uh, come out last weekend and, you know, constant references to, oh, we're already in an election year. All this stuff is going to be political in the in yeah. the year that we run up to yeah, election it's going to be it's going to be uh, horrendous fun exciting uh, all, all sorts of things um yeah look i'm, I'm going to keep doing what i do which is um tr- try and present a, a, a sort of a, a central path but without actually wanting to end up dead center and being peter dunn about it because uh, as i mentioned i think that can also uh, mean doing nothing i think we do need strong leadership and to make some big calls and that's actually what the series is about is um when you step back and look at some of the the big things in society that people want that they're often the same goals and then you get into sort of division about whether it should be handled centrally or deregulated and all that sort of stuff 
the important thing from my point of view is to look at the ideas, it, it, what they are rather than where they come from, you know, so that we'll, we'll have a range of ideas coming from, you know, different aspects of the political system, you know. So at the moment we've got a spectrum, I should say. You know, we've got the piece from Oliver Hart, which of the New Zealand Initiative about education, but they have done a lot of research on that area, and, and their, their kind of research, particularly around literacy and structured literacy, has kind of really set the tone for a debate on that and brought those things to the surface. So it, it would be terrible if people saw it as a, as, a, as a right-wing kind of point of view. Let's look at the ideas, no matter where they come from. It's interesting you bring that one up, because, yes, he wrote in the Herald on Wednesday about our education system being a disaster. That uh, was then picked up on News Talk ZB, your sister station. He did an interview on the, the Drive show. Where all this was repeated. Now, I read that piece. I didn't see, and there were a few lines about we need better monitoring, we need a better assessment system. But, I mean, I, I could have written that. You know, so if, if they well, have excellent research... I don't know if you've research, got the knowledge that he's got on yeah, but, it, But it didn't honest. show in that article. That's my point. That was a very mm-hmm. kind of doctrinaire piece saying the, the system is failing... Uh, it's it's got to be pulled apart, root and branch reform, and even in the interview that followed up on the radio, just a restatement about how bad it all was. I would have thought that struck me as the sort of thing Liam, in his piece, was saying, I'm sceptical of anyone whose politics make them certain of one way is right, another way is wrong, that's holding the country. I, I almost saw that piece of his as an mm. example of what you were talking If they've got the greatest research on what would make our education system better, it wasn't in that article and it didn't come through in the radio follow-up. Yeah, perhaps, it, but this is a long-term project. And one of the topics we're going to tackle in depth is education, and that will be explored. So it's not something that we're going to be able to solve in a day, you know, with one column. But we have run a lot of coverage this year. If you um, look back at our um, reading block series on this subject, and a lot of the re- a lot of the research that came out earlier this year was from the New Zealand Initiative mm-hmm. around literacy, around the science behind structured literacy, and how that can make a difference. So I think to look at one column or one interview, you know, that's what we're trying to get away from. Is 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 we want it? That's why we're creating a, a an overall brand. We're creating a, a hub for this content so that we can explore it. Sure, but is this Liam perhaps uh, reading your piece about this mindset shift? Is it something that the media itself needs to do? Perhaps media have encouraged what you call the daily weekly scraps about the short term economic cycle, you know, by publishing a lot of opinion and so on and daily coverage of politics and things like that? Yeah, well, we don't want to be boring, so we're never going to be boring, and we're also commercial to the extent that we've got to, got to be attention-grabbing. And, and I, I would say I don't agree with you. I don't agree that Oliver is, is, is t- taking anything lightly. Um, I've talked to him at length about uh, education. He would, he would say deregulate deregulate it, uh, decentralise it and get rid of the unions and I know that that's, that's pretty radical so that's a perspective but um, I, I think Oliver and the New Zealand Initiative are, are probably what I would consider uh, after dealing with them for years, kind of a, a fairly open, honest reflection of, 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 of a, they don't even like being called this, but a neoliberal uh, right-wing perspective, and if, if you know, sometimes it is good to have uh, perspectives from those extremes. What you're trying to get away from is um, personality, sort of non-science-based, uh, you know, stuff. Robust political debate is, is a good thing, and so you sort of like the piece I did. I, I've talked to Oliver, I've talked to Ganesh Nana from the Productivity Commission, who's really quite well known for having more sort of left-wing views, and then I've talked to people in the middle, so so that there's a range there, but it's a grown-up discussion. It's not sort of, I don't know, angry shouting. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of balance or political perspective or neoliberal or any kind of position. It was purely that I read the piece he wrote, 
I found it light on suggestions of how it could be reformed and just very heavy on how bad it all is. And that was amplified in the radio interviews that followed. They mm. talked about yeah. getting back and, to and, basics. And that is, that sitting is a, there thinking, what the hell does this mean in the context of the That is an issue the for project. the right, I think, right mm. now. I think the hyperbole doesn't help that cause. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think it even, I really don't even think it helps their cause. If you're talking about maybe feeling that centralised economies uh, are not as efficient as they could be and, and all that sort of stuff, then then actually um, sort of, uh, I'm certainly, uh, I think a lot of the sort of uh, shrill anti-woke kind of stuff isn't helping that cause. No, no. However, fair. I do think that, you know, it is the beginning of this discussion on education. It's not the totality of it. And in fact, there, you know, there is a lot of coverage that we've published this year, and including a lot from the initiative, their, their research that does, that is very solutions focused. So, you know, let, let's, let's kind of take a little bit of a wider view of it. What he's ultimately saying is that he's concerned that things have got worse, not better. And there are plenty of other people airing those concerns as well that totally take that point. In terms of whether the media have to think about the, the attitude to this too, I mean, in, in your piece you did say, you know, for example, we want a country with world-class infrastructure, more efficient transport options, safer roads, enough housing for everyone. Um, but, but I mean, thinking about, you know, your own outlets at NZME, you know, when you talk about, you mentioned efficient transport options. Uh, there is, for example, uh, coming across from your sister station ZB, a kind of almost... Uh, very intense focus on things like cycling. You know, it's a small, a real one-note attitude that actually, you know, and the stuff that appears um, on NZME platforms. So does the media need to rethink these issues as well if you're thinking about the broad themes we need to tackle as a country without getting doctrinaire? I think the media always needs to think about it. I, I, I can't talk for news talk. I mean, I, 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 I talk on news talk a lot. Uh, so they use me as a commentator a lot, and I'm, I, I get into scraps with, um, with, with the, uh, the, the hosts there. Uh, there is an audience that, that feels that way. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, um, I cycle in on my electric bike on a cycleway and um, mentioned that on TalkBack <laughs> last week. And, um, I've heard you, know. you do it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's not about dictating what people should be saying about things because, you know, part of the problem, you know, re- regarding social division, if we want to go back to that, is, mm-hmm. you know, I've been talking to David Fisher about that because he wrote a piece on that this week and, um, you know, we're looking at it as our next big theme. And, you know, one of the things that that kind of struck him is, is he started to engage with people that previously he had disregarded because they might have come at him with a, you know, hardline anti-vax stance quite aggressively and he would delete, delete, delete. And then, you know, then he this year decided that he would actually start talking to these people and find out what, you know, what's actually going on. And having done that, you know, his reflections were that, you know, a big part of it was not having a, not having a voice, you know, not having, you know, their, their views go against the current, you know, socially acceptable views. And, you know, that, that just creates this, you know, fermenting of, of, of kind of anger. And, um, you know, I think there's work that we can do rather than disregard people's views at first glance, you know, uh, and, and, and it's not to say you're going to indulge views that are scientifically kind of um, un, un, unsafe. You know, we, we will seek to, to bust those myths, but it's, it's also looking at what are, what are the reasons that they've come to those conclusions. What, what sort of other input do you think you want uh, from readers other than just sort of nominating the subjects they think are important? Yeah, there, is, there are a few things. Um, one is the the kind of top line would be the polling. So we are doing polling for each of these themes. So there'll be, you know, at least two questions on each theme. And the one that we start off 
which was a bit more broad based as what well, you know what, what's your major concern right now and ha- how do you feel about the future how do you feel about your own future and how do you feel about the monarchy so that was just to kind of set things up but you know we'll be looking at um, getting diving into the social division in the form of a poll and and also um, we're looking at creating some focus groups um, particularly focused on young people, basically talking to them about the issues and what, and what they want from the future, basically. We'll be doing some uh, premium Q&As in which, you know, we'll have people in the studio and... Liam, uh, you mentioned something in uh, your piece about the change of mindset that I found really interesting, given that, if we almost go back to where we started, that, you know, the fact that there is an election uh, still a year away, but, you know, the media talk about it a lot and it, it's going to be on the horizon. Um, you said making policy uh, is a balancing act, but it shouldn't be a race to the dead centre. Do you think that is a result of, as we spoke about earlier, that sort of short-termism, perhaps parties being afraid? You mentioned that... Um, if, if uh, some of the politicians in our two main parties could get together, finance spokespeople, they'd probably agree on a lot of things, but they'd be worried about what the more conservative wings of their own parties might do. And, and do you think there is something that's kind of affecting our politics that is pushing people into what you call that dead centre? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that idea of poll-driven uh, policymaking and, um, you know, caution about about needing to get, get the right, you know, voters at the margins... Uh, and is an issue, and it makes um, you know leadership hard. I mean, I you know things like a capital gains tax are just sort of dead in the water in New Zealand um, because of because of that that sort of uh, mindset. And uh, you know that does require leadership, but it requires a public that sort of um, and a media that that allows scope for that kind of discussion. Um, you know, my my central view to the pieces I've written really is that, um, you know, there are there are there are some issues where, um, you know, individual action and markets are, uh, can be really valuable. And there are some issues where you need some regulation and some central government. And, and rather than sort of uh, drawing it along a single left right line, how about, um, uh, you know, looking at which issues best align with which policy settings. And it doesn't have to be uh, tribal, but it also doesn't mean, you um, you know, just, just trying to appease everybody and, and not get anything done. Yes, I mean, to quote again from your piece, uh, you said, what we need is bold leadership with the confidence to ac- accurately implement the right policy approach for the right issue. Um, but, you know, sometimes when politicians are bold, they can kind of be punished, not just by public opinion, but also in the media. I mean, f- for example, um, when we look at the um, uh, the uh, charging emissions for agriculture, um, the fact that it would be a, a world-leading thing to do, you know, quite a lot of commentary in the media that I've heard from people saying, well, you know, the world doesn't care if New Zealand's world-leading or not. Um, and we, you know, we, Yeah, we... I disagree with that point too. I actually, I, <laughs> I followed um, the, the coverage around the world. There was a lot of coverage on that point, um, I thought. Uh, and so New Zealand does make a difference uh, at the margins. We're seen as, a, a, as something of a, um, a, a liberal touchstone uh, by countries around the world. But when you come back to New Zealand, there's people dealing with cost of living. We're a, 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 com- a country where uh, agriculture is completely central to our economy and farmers have a lot of power. So uh, those are realities of life in New Zealand. I don't, there probably isn't a, a – I mean, you know, I, I can't – But does the, the media make that worse? Does it amplify – do politicians who want to be bold and 
do what might well they might regard as the right policy approach for the right issue risk kind of punishment or amplification of voices in the media and that's just one example where you know, there was heavy criticism in the media. For example, things like the country. I'm sorry to be NZ me centric, but, yeah, but that the is, country but they, 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 they reflect a, a farmer voices. audience, don't mm-hmm. they? I mean, that, that, that is a, a show that reflects the the views of farmers. And we've uh, got to hear these views. I mean, that's the thing. It's about there's going if you, there's going to be a robust discussion. I think, yeah, and, and to, to, to what David's saying about underground voices. You know, if you, if you suppress, uh, you know, what are people's reactions to things? You you push people underground, and you get to that kind of, um, you know, uh, new world. World order anti-vax kind of uh, stuff. You know, you, you ha- when the, when there is a large, uh, I don't want to make the joke, groundswell of, uh, <laughs> I d- just made it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. <laughs> of opinion, you have to acknowledge that, especially on a farming show, or 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 if your audience is, um, you know, a, a relatively conservative audience who feels that way. Um, it, the, the media, you know, and, and, and we're a commercial organisation, so audience is always um, uh, central, and there's kind of a constant. Uh, dynamic of 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 um how much we can push the agenda along and how much you know so so that there is a feedback loop between the media and audience um and you know I'm always in favor of you know the, the media um doing what it can but you don't want to be you don't you don't want to be oppressively sort of uh applying an agenda through the media or you end up with people as we've seen just rejecting the mainstream media and that's that's worse so you have to be a fairly wide net and you know I would say NZME and the and the Herald is a wide net. It's not it's not the same as uh, the UK or somewhere where you have a segmented audience. The, the Herald and, and and NZME generally is is spreading its um you know it, it's it's sort of view across the whole of New Zealand. So it's it's trying to you know it, it is it is um uh, it's a constant balancing act and it's and it's thought about a lot by by senior editors. Mm. Yeah, David, and, I think didn't you spend some time at the um the Sun? In I the did. UK, I yeah, did indeed, yeah, which takes a fairly strong political line, sometimes a party political line, on things. Um, I know that doesn't happen. That's one of the great things about the media. In I'd New love, Zealand, a, I'd love to claim that I had any uh, editorial power over there as a uh, young sub editor on the digital site, but you know, uh, <laughs> but it was a very interesting experience to, to see how that kind of um, that world operates. And you know, and, and actually, that that has always made me think that when people accuse whoever in New Zealand of being tabloid. You haven't seen anything until you've seen the British tabloids. It's a totally different world, and you know it's um, it's a totally different. But again, it's an audience-focused approach. You know that they know their audience uh, very well, and it's a distinct audience, and, and it's a totally different approach from you know what we do in New Zealand. But just two two points on on that that I think are worth raising is I think the boldness from the politicians should come and them sticking to their guns and their, and their beliefs on these issues so that, OK, so they're, they're going to um, announce something regarding uh, farming emissions and there's going to be a big backlash. So how do they respond to that? You know, I think that's where the boldness comes in. It's not about, you know, trying to kind of soothe the debate. It's about the politicians actually and, and the leaders, you know, having the courage of their convictions and making it work, you know, if that's what they think the country deserves, you know, needs... And also, I think, you know, around audience, I think the really important thing there is that you've got to have your audience with you. You know, it's not about you can lead your audience or you can follow your audience, but you've got to have your audience with you. And, and that's, you know, that's something that we, we keep, you know, close to our um, thinking in, in everything that we do. Mm. And indeed, a scale uh, and scope of a series like this might actually give <laughs> the political leaders some uh, scope to be 
bold. You know, if they well, think issues right. can be yeah. discussed in yeah. the there would be things they could point to, whether it's in the white heat of an election campaign or just uh, the, the routine politics that will, of course, go on through 2023, you know, just because it's an election year. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think... Um yeah, and I think it, it, it is a real opportunity to kind of have that have that discussion in because it's going to run. You know, it's not. You know, we have to be honest. It's not going to replace the cut and thrust of daily news coverage. You know, because it, again, our audience they, they, they want that. You know, and and it's important. We can't ignore that, and it, it is an important part of it. But we want to have something running alongside that as well. You know, that's also prominent. You know, so it just shifts that balance a wee bit. And the previous projects that we've done of this scale um, would be probably looking back to the 90% project um, last year. I can't believe it's only last year. And also the Great Minds project about mental health. And, and what made those projects work is they did run for a long period of time. You know, that they by the end of each of them, you know, things had happened, you know, discussions that, that you know, had taken place and, you know, people had actually kind of responded to it in a meaningful way rather than doing something that's, that's, all, that's a one-day wonder. Mm. And the, we did indeed as a nation hit that 90% vaccination target, um, you know, before the deadline set by that That's right, and, and everybody Christmas thought at that time that it was impossible, you know, that, that we'd never get there, you know, including, we, I mean, we were never sure, but we thought, well, let's give it a crack, you know. So I, th- I think there is um, there's definitely merit to the long-term approach. Yes, your, your colleague at ZB's breakfast show, Mike Hosking, was fairly certain and said quite a few times we wouldn't hit 90%, there'd be this wall of resistance that would come up. He, he turned out to be wrong about that. But as you say, broad church, lots of views on that, on that particular issue. But sorry, you've almost brought it back to where I wanted to finish, which was um, as part of this, will, it, will this project consider the, broadly the role of the media uh, that, um, that can be played and maybe public trust in it? We'll probably come into that social division area, but uh, as, as you go through the whole uh, new New Zealand project? It will be, because one of the themes that came across, um, you know, when we, I was talking with David Fisher about, you know, what are the things that people agree on and, you know, across the board and, you know, the things that we sort of identify were, you know, an, an honest government that tells the truth and an honest media that tells the truth. You know, so I think we can all agree on that. It was Liam Dan, the business editor at large at the New Zealand Herald and the Herald's senior newsroom editor, David Rowe, the main figures behind NZME's New New Zealand Rebuilding Better campaign, which you'll find online at nzherald.co.nz. And as you heard there, it'll be running for months, well into 2023, and they welcome readers' input.